Welcome to Visceral Reflections. Uh, this is Tom, uh, Nooncast number three. And uh, t- today's topic is a little, um, well, how do I say this? Today We're going to talk about dating and courting. And um, happy Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you know, I, I spent the last month on the West Coast. Um, and during that time, I had a couple of conversations on this topic, and I got to tell you, it's it's uh, I'm not an expert, uh, and it's um, it's not something I would put in my category of things I'm well versed in. However, um, I do know what the Bible says, and I do understand the the topic and the goals of of this. So I'm going to try and capture it. And, and there's two conversations that really inspired this. So I'm going to try and recreate those because I thought, I thought they were valuable. And I wanted to, you know, dive into this, talk a little bit about the difference between dating and courting, uh, talk a little bit about the goal, um, how marriage plays into this, um, talk about sex a little bit, and... Uh, there's a lot to cover here. So I said this is Nooncast number three, but uh, I'm going to try and keep this to under six hours uh, if I can. But um, no, it won't go that long. But anyways, uh, I started with a song, I Get to Love You. I, I really like that song. I, I just like the line, I prayed for you before you were mine. Uh, because to me, I just think that is so profoundly important. 
and it's something that a lot of people don't do today. Uh, not just young people, uh, even um, older folks, you know, maybe people um, who are divorced or in their middle ages or whatever. Uh, it's just not a common practice, and I just think that is key. It's so critical to a successful relationship. So I'm going to get into that a little bit. And um, actually, I did jot down some bullet points that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned. Um, Not something I always do, but for this topic, I thought that I better have some guardrails. Um, So anyways, let's pray because uh, I want this to be fruitful. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for all that you're doing in my life and the lives of our listeners And Lord, I just pray that you would speak uh, through me tonight and uh, give me the words to say. Please bring scripture to mind. I pray that you prepare the hearts and minds of those who are going to hear this. And I pray that it can provide some guidance or some conviction or some encouragement, Uh, whatever it may be. You know the needs of of everyone listening. Uh, Father God, I thank you and I praise you and I'm grateful. And I ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Alrighty. Um, well, on this topic of, of courting versus dating, uh, you know, I had a couple of conversations with, um, you know, some 20 somethings and, uh, there's two conversations in parallel one. Uh, it started out where I heard these guys talking about, um, one of the guy's relationships, if you can call it that. And uh, one of them mentioned the term ghosting. And uh, I've heard that before, but I really wasn't clear on what it meant. And so I asked, what does that mean? Well, they described it. And I'm like, oh, so basically being a coward. And they all laughed. And I go, well, that's what you described. You've um, misled a young lady and you got what you want from her. and, And now you are... Uh, disappearing. I I go to me, that's cowardly. And so, so we had a good chat about that because I don't think they took it as serious as, as I did. It it made me angry actually. Um, uh, so, you know, I reminded them in revelation 21, uh, talks about cowards and things do not end well for cowards. And so if you read that list, liars, murderers, um, idolaters, uh, fornicators, and it lists cowards in there, all tossed in the lake of fire. So I said, you know, that's something, you know, what you just described is completely dishonorable. So, you know, let's talk about this because, and before I go any further, let me say this. What, I, what I'm recording tonight is really for the Christian. Uh, it's not for the non-Christian. Um, you know, the, the world operates on a different set of values than we do. And so this is not intended to be uh, um, judgmental that way, but it's intended to be uh, for edification uh, for the believer. So I just want to make that distinction right here. Um, So um, in parallel to that conversation, I also had another conversation uh, about a parent, uh, a parent who I believe is a strong believer and has done so many amazing things to raise great children. But this person actually advised uh, their children to wait until they're 30 to get married. And I thought, I thought that was horrible advice. And here's why. You know, we go back to Genesis, 
uh, 1 and 2, we can see that God created uh, people, he created man and woman, to be relational beings. And I think we need to remember that uh, marriage was created uh, before sin entered the world. And that's something that we need to keep in mind um, because uh, we are... Uh, frankly, we're not good on our own, you know, in, uh, Ecclesiastes is, you know, it's a, a, two are better than one and, and that, um, you know, we just, we just operate better as uh, a couple and God designed it that way from the beginning. And the other thing too, besides, uh, relational beings, what relational beings means is we're also, uh, beings who desire intimacy and sex. God created sex as a gift to, um, to mankind, and I think that that obviously that has gone haywire and widely abused. But we have to remember, as the Christian, we are that's a gift from God. Um, you know, He said, uh, you know, be fruitful, multiply, and uh, bring children into the world. And He gave us a frankly an enjoyable, fun way to do it. Um, <laughs> a, a friend of mine um, uh, was preaching on this, and he said, "Can you imagine if?" you know, you got a girl pregnant by giving her a high five. It's like, uh, he's like, that would suck. And, uh, I have to agree. It would also make uh, beer league softball a little awkward, but, um, uh, at any rate, uh, God had given us this to us. And I think that if you are going to give away 10 years of your life and not commit, there's a good chance that you're going to fall into sin, um, that your hormones will probably get the best of you. And I, I just don't see any good reason to wait because you'll never be ready uh, emotionally and financially. And there's always going to be life uh, issues that are pending or where the conditions are not perfect. And you have to make do because that's life and it's going to continue when you're married. And so that is something that I was also trying to encourage these uh, young folks to uh, consider and, um, um, you know, so as, as we got into this, um, you know, the next thing that, that, uh, came up was, uh, the topic of being equally yoked and what, what does that mean? And I wrote an article on the website. I think the title is called being equally yoked. Uh, you could search for it on foundationalknowledge.org. Uh, actually, if you search the topic marriage, or a separate search for courting, you'll find a series of articles uh, that probably espouse the, some of the things I'm going to say tonight. But just talking about uh, being equally yoked, you know, the idea of dating evangelism, I think, is, is dangerous. And here's why. You've heard me say that um, we want people to have a good life, but we also want them to have a good eternity. And I think it's a dangerous thing to play with someone's emotions who may in fact get um, fall, get committed to you, but they don't have the same eternal destiny that you do as a believer. And I would not want to put someone's eternal uh, life at risk um, because it's very easy. Someone, they may decide to start going to church with you and they may... Um, do the things necessary to appear Christian so that they could be with you. And uh, I think that that is a dangerous place to be. And I would 
strongly discourage that. I, I think if, if you have affection for someone, you, sh- you should pray for them and you should, um, you know, advise them, help them get involved with other, you know, if you're a man, get, she can get involved with other uh, godly women who can disciple her or share the gospel with her or whatever it may be. But um, I would just encourage you to take a, a deep look at that because you don't want to get down this road and, you know, I always think about Luke um, seventeen thirty four, and talking about the rapture. And it says, you know, um, two are lying in a bed and one is taken and one is left behind. And uh, that verse is troubling to me uh, as a young man because I would think about it. I say, you imagine the euphoria of the rapture and you're seeing Jesus and you're being taken up. But in that split second, you look and your wife is being left behind. That to me is mortifying. And, you know, I just, you know, I, I want to do as much as I can. You can't see into a person's heart. But, you know, if I ever get married, I want to be able to disciple her and let her pour into me and do what, I, do what we can to make sure that, you know, she's rooted in the vine and, and growing and deeply rooted and uh, pray for her, pray together. And, um, you know, I just think that that is, that is an important thing um, uh, that we need to do. You know, it's, it's interesting because you know, Luke seventeen thirty four, but, you know, two verses later, earlier, Luke seventeen thirty two is the second shortest verse in the Bible. And Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. And, well, what do we know about Lot's wife? Um, she wasn't really saved. When, when they were, um, when the angels counseled them to leave Gomorrah, or leave Sodom, I'm sorry, and they were headed to, I think the town was Zor. And, you know, in biblical typology, that is, uh, they were headed to salvation. But said, don't look back. And that, that picture is a picture of the Christian life, that when we become believers, we turn, we turn from our sin, and we don't look back. Our old life is gone. Everything is made new. We're a new creation. And I think that that is important to know. So uh, Lot's wife looked back and Jesus warned us about that because in that moment, uh, you know, the scripture doesn't say how Lot felt. I imagine he loved his wife. Uh, How would you not love your wife? Um, But she died because she chose, she longed for the life they were leaving behind and um, it was just a, a reflection of what was in her heart. And it was exposed when she became a pillar of salt. And so I, I think that you know, Luke wrote those together on purpose so that we get a picture of, of um, Luke, uh, Lot's wife in verse 32 and uh, verse 34, that you, know, you have a married couple, one is taken and one is left behind. So I think that's important to know. So when we're talking about being equally yoked, um, I think we need to consider that a step into a relationship with someone. Who, and now, now, listen to this. This is important because we want to be with someone who has faith, genuine faith. So being equally yoked is not about being the same spiritual maturity uh, because that is hard to measure. So, for example, um, <clears throat> you might be well-read in, say, theology, or church history, you know a lot of Bible verses, um, you know, but you may not, you may appear, you know, biblical for biblical knowledge, you're very well versed, but your spiritual maturity may be lacking. 
and then you may be um, in a courting relationship with a young lady who's got tremendous faith and she's deeply rooted and maybe her gifts are say singing or um, you know discipling other young women or you know she's got a heart to serve Um, and so maybe the fruit of the spirit in her life is a little more pronounced than it is in in your life or in my life and so that's something to keep in mind because you know in in our human thinking we tend to measure by these outward uh, appearances but god's looking at the heart and saying okay what's the fruit of his life what's the fruit of her life so if you've been walking with god for some years and then you know you meet a young lady and you know she's new to the faith maybe she's only been in the faith a year or two you know but um, God is cultivating deep work in her, and you know her gentle spirit is is manifest in the power of the by the power of the Holy Spirit that's that's come out in a more profound way. And so those are things that we need to think about when we uh, talk about being equally yoked. And um, and because of that, that's why I want to talk about the difference between courting and dating. And, and these are my definitions, but I think they're right. Um, and let me just simply say, dating is recreational and courting is intentional. And uh, what that means is the world is, is da- I- involved in dating and there's a lot of dating websites and there's, um, you know, people are very, especially today, young men are very weak. And I see it all the time, uh, whether I'm interviewing people for work or listening to, you know, people, what they, people post online uh, or just my personal conversations with folks. And, um, and, and um, I think men today are not intentional. I think they're very mature. I think they spend too much time playing video games and, um, you know, even in the church, you know, there's this lack of maturity uh, that I see. I know this all sounds very judgmental, but it's just an observation. And so, you know, if you're a young lady and a, a man is, wants to spend time with you, I think it's important to understand his intentions. And if he's pursuing a courting relationship, or is this just a dating relationship to waste your time, see what happens, you know, get a couple of mills out of the deal and, um, you know, and have no real direction. And I think that's the bottom line is, is there direction here or is there not direction here? <clears throat> so, um, you know, if, if you're courting, I think you need to uh, be intentional. If you're a man, be intentional, define the relationship for the, for the, for the woman and see if she, you know, she aligns with that. Um, and then agree to pray together and, and be a, begin to be a spiritual leader that way. And, um, you know, you and then you start. You know, and, and this does not mean to be sound formulaic, but courting is really an evaluation process uh, that you want to see. Okay, is this a person that I could be married to? You know, do they what do they uh, exhibit the fruit of the spirit? Um, you know, are they kind? Not just kind to me because they like me and they you know want to have time with me, but are they kind to strangers? Are they kind to their folks? Are they kind to the people who are not kind to them? You know, those are important things that to to know. You know, their speech. What kind of words do they use? You know, are they, 
uh, quick-tempered. They use a lot of profanity. Uh, to me, these are all red flags, and and I think that those are things that we need to to be aware of. Uh, money. How do they spend money? What do they spend money on? You know, do they tithe? Do, are they given to the church? Are they given to charities? Do they have charities that they even have a heart for uh, or ministries that they have a heart for? I think that's important. And, you know, just what do they care about? You know, I, um, you, you know, I, I think it's important. You know, I always, you know, like on uh, social media, when someone wants to connect with me, I always go right to the volunteer space and see what are they doing. And it, it's not always there. I know a lot of people don't have their stuff up there, but a, a lot do. And, and I just kind of look for those those quick things. And, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm putting together a plan right now to to start a foster home. And, um, and I set up a, an entity for a foundation for that and so, so we can start to try and fund it. And, you know, it's something I have kept to myself, Um but I did share it with somebody. And um, when I mentioned it, I think that completely changed the conversation because uh, yeah, I mentioned it as a, as a uh, you know, something that was consuming some, some of my time. And, uh, you know, so my intention wasn't to boast about it in any way. I was just putting it out there because I wasn't available. And, but, you know, it, it changed the conversation. It changed uh, her perception of me. And, um, even though that wasn't the intention, you know, that, that was the net result, but it's things like that, where you want to take a look at what you're doing, take a look at, um, what, um, your person of interest is doing. Um, and then think about, you know, how are they going to, how do they handle adversity? Um, would they be a good parent? Yeah, I think that's important. You know, do you, are they, um, can they pour into me spiritually as well as uh, through their other knowledge of, you know, the mental or emotional knowledge that they have, you know? So these are all things in that. So um, I wrote an article uh, on the website called uh, Guidelines for Courting for Men, and I think it's 10 or 12 bullet points. And um, I think it's it's a good list. I should probably read it and see if it needs to be updated. It's been about... I think I wrote it seven, eight years ago. Um, but I think it's a good list for men to kind of, you know, check. I think the very first one was get your spiritual house in order. And I think that that's an important thing because a godly woman will see through your nonsense. And so you need to uh, start to do those things to, um, uh, to make sure that you're right with God. And that, you know, you're following, you know, his will. So that's an important thing, um, you know, and then, um, you know, make sure that, you know, when you define the relationship that you also define that the relationship is going to be pure because, you know, sex, you know, the sex is a fire, but sex is designed to be in the fireplace of marriage. And, um, you know, there is something, um, you know, we're designed to be intimate. And uh, our intimacy with God and our intimacy with each other and our intimacy with marriage um, is really um, one aspect of the human experience that is so fulfilling. And especially in marriage, when you're in complete vulnerability, but then you realize, okay, this person um, 
I'm in the most vulnerable state, the most free state. And now I'm with this person, you know, in my personal space and I feel completely safe. And that is, um, and I think that's the goal. One of the things, places we want to get to. So, um, you know, that, that would be my encouragement to you. And if you are in this relationship, I think you should also seek out people to pray for you. And I, I'm a big believer, do not take advice from people who aren't praying for you. And if they're praying for your relationship, they should know both of you, uh, not just one of you. Um, I think today people are quick to give their opinions. And a lot of times um, bad advice is, is dealt out um, pretty freely. Um, so I would just um, caution folks there. Um, I would also say that when you're in a courting relationship, Excuse me, I needed some water. Um, when you're in a court relationship, I think it needs to be exclusive. And um, there's an important thing, and and I, you know, I believe in that big time because, well, that's that's just kind of how my brain works. Um, but I do think that if you are dilly dallying with, you know, a bunch of girls, then you're going to get confused, and because everyone has something good to offer, and. Uh, you you potentially could miss out on seeing the good the good things that that your person of interest has to offer because you are spreading your attention around. Uh, but I think it's also a good self test because we want to see if you can um, really love and care for this person on a lifelong basis, and uh, I think that's an important thing. Um, because also when you're exclusive, you're going to start to learn things. And, you know, I had, uh, you know, I, I have one example. I had a lady friend about nine years ago and, um, she was amazing because I saw so many things in her that I didn't even know that I wanted or needed. And, you know, one of the biggest things is, um, prayer. I remember the first time, um, we prayed together and it was on the phone. And, um, when I heard her talk to God about me, it just blew me away. I, I was, you know, got a little emotional. I admit, um, in fact, I think I muted the phone. So she went here, but I, I never told her that, but oh my gosh. Um, I heard that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want this in my life. She needs to be in my life because I had heard, um, how she talked to God about me. And so every time we prayed together, it was, I just realized, okay, I didn't know that I wanted that, but it's, it's so essential. And, um, you know, you'll, you'll learn other things like that. And that's the, that's the value of being exclusive is that you're going to see things because the sum of all of this is that you would, uh, get down the road of getting into a God honoring marriage. And actually, I've written two articles by that very title, uh, also on the website, uh, God Are Marriage, Part 1, Part 2. Uh, part 3 is almost done. I'm, I'm still working on it. And, um, but if you read those articles, you know, the first one emphasizes the relation, our relationship with God. The second one is how that feels our relationship with each other. And these are in, in these are important topics because there is work that God wants to do in you that's only going to happen in marriage. And I think our our sanctification um, um, and the need for it is really magnified in marriage. 
um, the very first thing that you're going to learn when you get married is how selfish you are. Because um, if you're a believer and you have conviction about your sin and the things you struggle with and things that you are trying to overcome, and now you have another sinner in your personal space every day, um, <laughs> then you're going to realize, oh, um, you know, those cute things are a little annoying now. And, um, and you have to grow up. And this is where, where love starts to take root in a much different way. This is where I think the, um, you know, when you're, when you're dating someone, you know, the, the eyes of your head get your attention, but only as you get to know someone do the eyes of your heart really, uh, get focused in on who the person really is. And so when you start to see someone with the eyes of your heart and you're like, oh my gosh, uh, she's incredible. I need, I need to be with her. That is, you know, cause the eyes of your head, the, you know, that beauty that you see initially fades quickly. And then, um, but when you start to see the intangibles and you realize, uh, she's got an amazing heart, she's got a heart for this or that, she's got a heart for kids and, um, you know, a heart for, you know, serving the homeless, a heart for leading worship or whatever it is. There's so many different things, but God has given us all gifts. And, uh, when you see someone using them for the, the, for God's glory and, um, you know, it's a profound thing that you want to have in your life. So I think that we need to uh, take a close look at these these items because, um, you know, when you find them, and when you find these things in a person, you know, there are things that you are going to need to um, to start to make decisions on in regards to, okay, what are the next steps here in terms of, of um, getting down this, this road and, you know, where do I need to grow up? Um, where do I need to grow up so I can actually be the man that she needs? And, and I think that's something that you can pray. And um, <laughs> I mentioned a lot of articles. I read another article called uh, Meaningful Prayer for Your Future Wife, and I give a sample prayer, but I, th- um, I think, uh, ladies, you can take that prayer and easily modify it to pray for your future husband and um, there are things that that are um, that we need to grow up in spiritually, and that I think are important, and we need to pray in that direction. And so, um, you know, I think the last thing I, I want to talk about, um, you know, is you know everyone watched the fairy tale marriage, you know, um, but what does that really look like? Uh, we know what Hollywood says. And, um, you know, a, a friend of mine got engaged, um, a couple months ago and as her and I were talking about it, um, we were got to talking about wedding vows and, you know, she asked my opinion and I said, no, wedding vows are important because the reason we take vows is because that emotional spark of falling in love or, you know, uh, whatever it is, um, where you have the, uh, infatuation or you have the. Uh, affection for somebody, um, that initial fireworks is going to, is going to fade. And then we take wedding vows because we know that over time we're going to have to make choices to love and we're going to have to make choices to stay the course. And so, you know, I told her, I said, well, if I had to narrow a wedding down verse or a wedding vow down to one, one verse, I would say, you know, I promise to love you and all future versions of you. 
because that's what for better or worse means. And, um, you know, you have to go into it that way. You have to know that it's going to, um, yeah, the person's going to change and, and, uh, they're going to grow and you're going to grow. And, uh, ideally as you're, and you're walking with God, you grow closer to God together. Um, but those are things that you, you need to kind of really figure out because the, you, uh, in this, in the evaluation process, the other real fairy tales, are they going to stay when things get hard? Um, are they going to love you through your sin and the things you're, you're suffering, uh, through or working through? Um, you know, when you have issues of family or finances or fertility, um, are the pressures of those going to help you grow closer or tear you apart? Uh, those are all things that are real life things that you need to think about. And so, um, so that's why vows are important because, you know, in a covenant marriage, which is as Christians, that's what we pursue. You know, we are not only making a contract with each other as you do in the world, but it makes it a covenant because together we covenant with God that we are going to stay the course and what God has brought together, let no man tear apart. And then, you know, and that's it. And, um, you know, but it's a tremendous blessing that God is going to uh, honor and protect and um, and help us through every situation. So, um, so anyways, I, I think those are things that we are, you know, in the initial, uh, not dating, but courting and courting for the purpose of marriage and being equally yoked and getting down that road to the true fairy tale, you know, because, and I think all of these things are marriage prep, you know, um, I've said before, you know, the wedding industry and the divorce industry are, um, about the same revenue and in the billions and I think that's sadly that the the divorce rate in the church is about the same as the culture, and I think that's because people don't think about these things and they don't prepare themselves for marriage. You know, it's 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 fun to have a, a great wedding and see your bride, you know, just you know in her white gown and you know just the um, excitement and enthusiasm of that. Yeah, those are wonderful things. Those are gifts of God. Uh, I think, was it Proverbs, uh, what is it, twenty two eighteen? I think, um, that he who finds a wife finds an incredible treasure, an enjoyable treasure from the Lord, uh, is one translation that I like. And so, so yeah, those are all good things. However, then you got to do the hard work of uh, being married and dealing with each other's sin, doing discipleship in marriage, growing up in the Lord in marriage, and then raising kids together in marriage, and then leading the kids to walk with God and and pointing them in the right direction, you know, so that they would uh, receive saving faith. So there's a lot that goes into it. And that's why I think at the outset that when you're talking, when you're thinking about, you know, dating and, um, you know, going on you know, spending time with somebody, you know, uh, I think these are all important things to think about. So anyways, I know that this, uh, a lot of this probably sounded, um, somewhat judgmental. And, um, now I just, uh, as someone who's divorced and 
someone who was completely clueless when they got married and made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I just, I'm trying to just share my part of my story and hopefully, um, you guys uh, can benefit from that. And so the reason I've written the articles on the website is because I was really writing down things that I learned and things that I wish I knew. to be frank, you know, um, just be a little, a little bit transparent here. Um, you know, I've been down this road and, um, you know, I wish I could do it again, um, or do it over, you know, but, you know, um, God has planned my days and, you know, so if I get another shot at it, I think I'll do better. But, uh, at any rate, I just wanted to share that because, um, I didn't want this to sound, um, too judgmental, uh, even though in the conversation with, with the young men, um, a few weeks back that I think I came out very judgmental because I was a little, I was pissed, let's be honest. Um, so, um, uh, at any rate, I'm uh, just going to wrap this here. I don't know if I covered everything, um, but I think that's enough for this. Um, just the topic of dating and courting. I'd encourage you, if you want more, go on the website and find the articles that are a little bit more pronounced and, um, and then email any questions you have. Um, and, and that's about it. So, Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for... Uh, this topic and just pray that we would honor you in all that we do and all of our relationships and we would be kind to one another and we'd be kind to those that we're seeking to possibly share life with and that we could that you would lead us in those situations and that as men we would be strong and be good leaders and good servant leaders in those relationships thank you and we praise you and we're grateful and I'm going to close with this song called If You Love Her. I don't know who sings it, but I love it. And it creates, I think it captures the sentiment of what us men need to be um, seeking out. So enjoy. Take it. If she gives you her heart, don't you break it. Let your arms be a place she feels safe in. She's the best thing that you'll ever have She always has trouble falling asleep And she likes to cuddle all under the sheets She loves pop songs and dancing and bad trash TV There's still a few other things She loves love notes and babies and likes giving gifts Has a hard time accepting A good compliment She loves her whole family And all of her friends So if you're the one she lets in Kiss her with passion
time to make it She's the best thing that you'll ever have She'll love you if you love her like that